few years ago, I remember reading an article in the paper about a family who had decided to raise a genderless child. Uh, and they were going to not tell anybody what the child's gender was. Instead, they were going to allow the child to choose his or her or it or I don't know, uh, the, the gender, you know, when this child came of age. They decided, these parents, that they weren't even going to tell the grandparents what the gender of this child was, which I can imagine that didn't probably go over too well with the grandparents. So in this article, I'm sure, caused lots of conversations all across our country, people who read it, and probably beyond our country. Now, I know this is an issue of gender. It's a little bit of a hot-button topic, and uh, politicians and talk show hosts use it to move forward various uh, agendas. Uh, but I'd like to do something this morning a little different than that. I'd like to ask uh, some deeper, more important questions about this issue. Why did God create us as male and female? And why is this important? We have a great gospel to reflect on uh, from Luke chapter 20. So here our Lord is teaching about the resurrection, uh, which shows that he believes that the body is important. It's going to be resurrected one day. The body is to be valued. Uh, but then he says something interesting. He says that there's going to be no marriage in heaven. What is that all about? No marriage in heaven. So to lay the groundwork for all of this, uh, uh, let's, let's look at this whole notion of gender, right? So there's a lot of confusion right now in our country around uh, this topic of gender. There has been, over the past few decades, this rather shifting understanding of what gender is uh, to, I guess, what now is talked about is that uh, your internal gender, uh, your decided gender, can be different from your exterior or your biological sex. Uh, so this is kind of the confusion that's taking place in our country. As you can imagine, the church has some things to say about this. The church has a response to all of this. So what is this? Let's, let's jump in. Let's take a look here. So this new theory is called, uh, it's called gender theory. It's about 30 years old or so. And it's uh, kind of uh, in vogue right now, popular right now. Uh, and it's kind of this notion that uh, your gender is, in a way, uh, superior to your sex, to your physical sex. You know, gender theory would say that, uh, that these labels that are given to people, you know, man, woman, uh, different things, that you can, you know, label yourself however you'd like. You can label yourself as a man or as a woman. Or you can label yourself as neither, a man or a woman. Or you can label yourself as both, a man and a woman. Uh, gender theory would see this as simply, you know, like cultural conditioning, uh, this historical kind of co construct. And you can, you know, just kind of decide, you know, your identity based on, on what you want or kind of construct your family in the way that you think that it should be constructed based on your needs and your wants. So gender theory sees uh, your sexuality more as a form of personal expression 
you know, how you want other people to perceive you or the clothes that you want to wear or the people that you are, the kind of attractions that you have. So gender theory has, it's like there's a, there's a disconnect, right? So between uh, kind of your internal thoughts and beliefs in your body, that the body is really not that important. It's probably flawed. Maybe you were born into the wrong body. And so it can be changed or, you know, it could just, you know, be ignored if you need to. That what is really important is your personal gen- gender, what you believe that to be. So that's, that's gender theory. So what does the church say about this? How would the church respond to all of this? Well, the church has been around for a long time. And so there's this old saying that there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, back in the early days of the church, uh, the first few centuries, there was this heresy. So a heresy is a fancy word for an incorrect teaching. So this heresy called Gnosticism, and it's cropped up from time to time. So Gnosticism Uh, This word, it means knowledge, right? And it means the superiority of knowledge over that which is material, that which is physical. So Gnostics would say, would see that, well, uh, you know, what's really true about you is who you are inside. And these bodies, you're just kind of stuck with them, these, these flawed bodies. That's not really who you are. So I can see why this would be attractive like right now, to our culture, this kind of Gnostic way of thinking, because, uh, you know, we're in the information age, right? So knowledge is valued. We have uh, the internet, and we have virtual reality. This is where, you know, where value is placed. You can live, you know, an entire second life just virtually, meeting people, using money, uh, experiences, all these things. That's all just kind of virtual, not really based on any sort of material thing. So I can see why this would be attractive. So the church would see kind of uh, gender theory as this new form of Gnosticism, valuing knowledge, what you believe or think about yourself, over uh, physical material, over your body. How does the church respond to this? Well, Pope Francis, he says that what he calls gender ideology is dangerous, that its aim is to erase the distinction between men and women, between male and female. He says that it seeks to destroy at its roots God's most basic plan for human beings, diversity and distinction. It would make everything homogeneous, neutral, the same. It's an attack on difference and on the creativity of God, uh, of men and women. You know, you base this, of course, on the church's understanding, the church's teaching of the body, the importance of the body. You know, we believe that God, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, came to this earth and he became human. That means he took on a body. He became flesh and blood, showing forth the dignity and the importance of the body. This is something that we value as followers of Christ. And of course, you heard in today's gospel from Luke 20, our Lord teaching about the resurrection, that the body is so important, so valued, that one day it's going to be resurrected. The body is not something to be diminished or to be engineered, but the body is good. It is 
not something separate from you. It is part of you. It is part of who you are. This is how the church responds to this, uh, this new kind of Gnostic teaching of gender theory. So what's gender theory? It's kind of the separation of, of the body and the soul, of uh, you know, thoughts from physical things. And uh, the church sees this as something dangerous. It sees this as this Gnosticism that's coming back up, uh, this, this kind of denigrating of, of physical reality over over non-physical reality. Uh, and that it's destructive to men and women. The body is a gift. Uh, that you are God's good creation. You are body and soul. Soul and body. So what's the solution then? How should we as followers of Christ, as Christians, respond? What should we be teaching our children about these things. You know, this, this brings us to the question that we started with. You know, what is gender? What is marriage? What's the purpose of God's creation, of creating us as male and female? What's the purpose, you know, for all this? Well, it helps to, you know, consider what this word means, this word gender. So it comes from the root word gen, so G-E-N. Uh, and, you know, the church sees this this word, gender, as uh, meaning this, this unchangeable part of who you are. It can be unnecessarily disfigured, but it cannot be changed. Why do I say that? Well, the, as I mentioned, the root word is gen, okay? And the word gen, or, or the root gen, G-E-N, means to generate. It means to produce. Think about other words that have that same root. Think about generation, uh, what is a generation, right? It's, it's, a, it's a new family of human beings that have been produced from the last generation. What about another word uh, that has that same root, gen? Generosity, right? It means to give, to, to give of your produce, what, you've, what you have. Or, uh, you know, another word, uh, genitalia. What is genitalia? It's got that root word, gen, right? Degenerate. This is how or what you generate with bodily. Men generate by giving. Women generate by receiving. There's no other way to generate human beings. This is what the word gender means. This is what it comes from. Your gender is the unique, God-given, unchangeable way that you give of yourself, that you generate, that you uh, produce offspring. This is what gender means. This is why it can't be changed. It can be modified. It can be uh, violated, um, uh, destroyed, perhaps, at least somewhat. Uh, but really, truly, it's an unchangeable part of who you are. God created them male and female. Gender, this is the way that you reproduce. It's, there's no other way. You can't make it or change it or fix it into something else. So this brings us to that second thing, this the, uh, marriage. What is marriage all about? How do these things come together? You know, Pope Francis, he says that marriage is the most beautiful gift. And he says the beautiful part of this gift is distinction. 
It's difference, uh, bodily differences. And when a man and a woman, these two bodily different people come together in this unique and sacred, really it's this uh, divine or, or magical way. Uh, when they bring these gifts together, these distinct and different gifts, they give of themselves. That word gen, that's what it means, right? So another gift comes into being. Uh, it's through that that's generated. Uh, this, this beautiful gift, these differences coming together. And yet our Lord said that marriage is temporary. He said it's just it's, it's passing, he said, part of this age. But what, what did he mean by that exactly? In the resurrection, he said there's going to be no marriage. Does that mean that, uh, you know, it's just going to be in heaven, pure spirits, uh, that the body really isn't important? No. In the same way that in the resurrection, uh, you're going to get, your body is going to be renewed into this glorified body, that it's going to be better, than the current one, uh, in the same way, it's going to be really even more physical, even more real. Because in the resurrection, you're going to have a glorified body, a body that can't be destroyed, that can't be hurt, that can't be ruined or done away with or can't die. It's more real, more physical in a way. So also in the same way, marriage uh, is a sign here on earth that points to something even greater, even more real in heaven. This is what our Lord was talking about when he said uh, that there's not going, that, that marriage is for, for this life here in this world. That in heaven, the church teaches, it's going to be replaced with something even greater. That marriage here on this earth is a sign for something even more that is to come. So what a man and a woman experience in marriage uh, in, in the marital act of consummation uh, is a tiny little sliver, barely a whiff maybe, of something far greater that is to come. This little foreshadowing of the heavenly consummation that's going to take place between Christ, the groom, and his bride, the church, all of us. These Differing people, these distinct individuals who are going to come together in this way that we cannot even begin to imagine. It's something greater. This is what marriage is all about. The distinction that's in marriage, that coming together produces this gift in heaven, uh, is going to be replaced with something even greater of all these different distinctions and differences coming together in Christ. And the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's what our Lord was talking about today in the gospel. And that is what the church and how the church understands marriage, how the church understands the purposes, the purpose for gender, the beauty of these differences coming together. It reflects the church. It reflects what's going to take place in heaven, something great and amazing that's going to take place in the resurrection. So what's the solution to this state that we have here in our worlds? Do we simply accept 
you know, this kind of Gnostic belief that uh, gender is this kind of fluid, changeable construct that is simply man-made and can just as easily be unmade? Or do you accept your gender, your body as a gift, a life-giving gift, a sign of what is to come? Is your body flawed in some way? Is it, is it less than who you are? No, absolutely not. We are a resurrection people. We believe in the importance of the body. We believe in the beauty of distinction and difference. That when brought together, uh, show forth this beautiful heavenly gift, this great mystery that we all fully discover in the next life. Your body is good. Your gender is good. It is a gift. Amen.